Welcome to the Entrepreneur Cast, your source for tactical lessons in entrepreneurship from a cast of entrepreneurs. I'm Sam McRoberts. And I'm Jason Demers. And today we're going to talk about how to overcome stress, anxiety, and depression as an entrepreneur. Yeah, this is this is a heavy topic, Sam. I think that many, many entrepreneurs experience, and probably most experience stress and anxiety and depression. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, you almost certainly have experienced that, especially during during this time that we're going through with the coronavirus pandemic, don't you think? Oh, dude, a hundred percent. Especially, especially right now. I mean, businesses, businesses are folding. Businesses that were a, a sure thing prior to all of this are really, really struggling. I mean, it's this is crazy. So, I think there's a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety and depression going on right now. I mean, I'm hearing lots of stories of people feeling the most anxious they ever have, not yeah. being able to sleep. I think this is a, an appropriate topic to discuss. And it's not, you know, it's less of a taboo a taboo now than it used to be. It, nobody used to talk about their feelings and their depression and their anxiety. And now it's almost like, wait, you don't see a therapist? You're weird. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I'm glad that it's more, that it's okay, or at least more okay now to talk about mental health issues. It needs to be, it, need, it needs to be considered just as normal as talking about a physical health issue. So I think we're going in the right direction, but I think everybody's feeling a little more like this applies to them with, with the the crisis. So I, I, I found some stats about entrepreneurs and stress that I, I want to share with you here. This is from an article that I found from 2018, so it's not too old. And it's according to the Gallup Wellbeing Index, 45% of entrepreneurs report being stressed compared to 42% of quote-unquote other workers. And entrepreneurs also report being more likely to have worried a lot recently, uh, 34% versus 30%. So those numbers seem kind of small, but they do paint a picture that entrepreneurs tend to experience this stuff more. But there is a more recent study, actually, from the UC Berkeley Institutional Review Board that was published in the journal Small Business Economics. And it had some more striking stats that paint a picture that I I, I think fits a little more in line with what my expectations are. So in that study entrepreneurs were more likely than comparison participants and the general population to experience depression at 30% compared to 15%, ADHD, 29% compared to 5%, addiction, yeah, addiction, 12% compared to 4%, and bipolar diagnosis, 11% compared to 1%. So these are enormous differences that we're seeing. And this is in a more recent study, like I said, what are your thoughts, Sam? So for one, I mean, whenever you're dealing with studies around mental health stuff, I would honestly probably take whatever numbers there and double it because there's the whole host of people who aren't going, to, still aren't going to speak about it, even if you ask them directly, even if they're participating in a study, or who wouldn't label, who wouldn't label it that way, right? I'm not depressed. I'm just having a bad day. You know? Well, yeah, sure. I guess I do have kind of a lot of bad days, but I'm still, I'm not depressed. Everything's fine. So I think between between denial and secrecy, the numbers are probably probably much higher. Yeah, the, I would I would have to agree. Yeah, ADHD though, I find that one I find that one pretty funny, and I think that's I think that's probably true. Most of the most of the successful entrepreneurs I've met are very 
very uh, ADHD. They have to be constantly like hopping from thing to thing, which is useful for productivity. Not so good if they're in charge, though, because it means they're micromanaging. It's true. That's <laughs> true. Um, Sam, can you do you want to talk a little bit about? I mean, you, you've been an entrepreneur for uh, I don't know a decade or so, and uh, or, or maybe longer. I'm not exactly yeah, man, sure, almost, but. Two, two, and two and change. I mean, yeah, I guess more. It depends on how you define it. I, okay. I started like businesses when I was a kid, but I I've been making like money as a either an employee or self employed person for almost twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I mean, you you've surely experienced some stress or anxiety or depression. Do you want to talk a little bit about you know any any instances that that come to mind for you? Sure. I mean, I, I'll talk about right now. So. Over the last, I'd say over the last four months, you know, with the whole coronavirus thing, business for me has gone much, much slower. Like I do SEO, primarily audits and strategies. And a huge portion of the revenue I pull in comes from white label work for other agencies. (laughs) And unfortunately, when a recession hits, marketing tends to be one of the first buckets that gets cut. And that means all these agencies are clamming up. So most of the agencies I work with at the moment have a policy of we don't work with contractors right now. You know, some of them have laid off people internally or done pay cuts. And so like, it's not awesome. It's not awesome seeing my, my lead volume vanish. I mean, this year, like revenue wise, I've, I've probably made about the same in the first four months of the year as I did it in the first month and a half of last year. It's pretty shitty. And, you know, luckily I have a little bit of a runway, but it's quite stressful because I don't know exactly how to turn that around. You know, I've largely built a business based on referrals, trust. And like reputation, but I don't do, I don't do much in the way of marketing for myself other than, you know, building, building relationships with clients. And so I'm like, all right, well, shit, like this isn't, this isn't so great. Not so great to be in that kind of position. So I find that stressful. It gives me a, a level of anxiety, especially since I'm on the far side of the world from my safety, my safety net and stuck in a, stuck in a country because of the coronavirus. Right. So, where, you, where are you right now? Croatia. Been in Croatia for far too long. We need you and, know, it was supposed to be in another country by now, but like all the borders have locked down. Yeah, and you're you're stuck there because you you can't you, everything's locked down so you can't move to wherever you were supposed yeah, to go next. I mean, and so you're like, and, just chilling. And there's in options, Croatia. but like not good not good options, right? Not the options that we want. So yeah, we're stuck here waiting out, you know, some, some border to open. So that's stressful. I don't like not having a a plan or a timeline. I don't like not knowing when leads are going to start flowing again. And I I find all of that, you know, stressful and anxiety inducing. Yeah. I mean, it it sounds like, you know, money issues and sort of just the unknown, right? The uncertainty of when will this all end? When will things return to normal? Um, And I think these, you know, Money, so finances and the unknown are huge stressors for entrepreneurs, and especially yes. in times like these. Like, this is unprecedented, right? We're in a pandemic. The last time we had a pandemic, I, I'm pretty sure it was 1918, right? The Spanish yeah. flu. The last, yeah. the last major pandemic that we've had that was actually like, you know, had an effect on the way things functioned. Yeah, mm-hmm. at least in yeah. the U.S. So, yeah, and and the uncertainty, uncertainty, I feel like is the stock and trade of an entrepreneur. You know, you. And maybe, maybe this is kind of like the big secret that nobody wants to talk about, but nobody has any fucking clue at any given time. Everybody's winging it. Everybody's trying to figure it out as they go, you know, and you go, you can go to somebody for advice who's maybe 
been in your shoes before, but like their experience and your experience may be completely different, or they may have colored or sugarcoated their advice or, you know, drawn incorrect conclusions or correlation, you know, and not causation. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm firmly of the opinion that everybody's winging it. And so as an entrepreneur, the name of the game is always going to be uncertain and do your best to try and like find a thread to hang on to as you work your way through that pile of uncertainty. But that's where all that anxiety and depression comes from. Like you don't know, you don't know what's next. Well, it's, it's natural to be afraid of the unknown, but we're all, like you said, facing uncertainty. We're all facing the unknown and it, it can be terrifying. Um, yep. I wanted to, I'm not a fan. I, I like, yeah. I like having a, having a plan and Same. being able to like line up next steps and to some degree, I like I like spontaneity, but I don't like spontaneity when it comes to where I'm going to live and where my money's going to come from. Uh, yeah, little less, spontaneity is okay. Spontaneity there. It's okay in some in some cases, but not not that. <laughs> not what I'm going to have for dinner can be spontaneous, or where I'm going to go right. today, but not not where money's coming from. Or where right. I'm stay. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you. Okay, so you're you're currently experiencing stress right now due to money issues, the coronavirus I- issue. Um, and uncertainty is kind of how I would sum it up. How is that manifesting for you? Is it manifesting mentally, physically? Is it affecting, you know, uh, gosh, like your day to day? Like, tell me about how that's, what is, you what know, effect is that having on you? Yeah, for, for me, it's primarily mental. And, I, you know, I've spent a lot of years trying to dial in my own steps for handling it. Like I used to have pretty bad anxiety. I'd have panic attacks. I was able to wipe those out. And like I, I've learned essentially how to keep myself for the most part in balance. Even if I don't have control over everything, I can control my response. So I eat really well. I exercise. I'm very active. I walk somewhere between three and six miles a day briskly outside in the sun. Uh, I make sure that I take a small handful of supplements for things that like with your typical diet, you may be less you know, getting not as much as you need, like vitamin D, magnesium, maybe some of the B vitamins. Uh, And then I make sure that I have a a very, very strict sleep routine. I mean, I go to sleep at the same time every night, wake up about the same time every morning. I make sure that I'm in bed and get eight to nine hours of sleep, hydrate well. Like I have plenty of time for for leisure. Like I've tried to set up my life in a way where I'm stacking the deck in my favor as much as possible. So I would say that though I do feel some level of stress and anxiety with this, it is not, it's not crippling. It's not affecting my sleep. It's not affecting my appetites. For the most part, not affecting my relationships. I could probably be a little bit persnickety if I'm feeling exceptionally stressful. But yeah, for, for the most part, I've, I've put things in place in advance to deal with stuff like this when it crops up. And I think having a healthy system of not just coping, but helping to stack the deck in your favor is just the way that I, that I think of it, I think is critical. So when you say stack the deck in your favor, um, yeah, I know that you've, you've, you've developed some routines. Like you said, you walk out in the sun, you know, three to six miles a day, you get enough sleep uh, and so on. Is that, is that what you mean by stack the deck in your favor or is there something? Exactly. So, okay. So, you know, the average person is probably spending the bulk of their day sitting, not getting enough activity, eating and drinking shit that's not good for them, sugar, you know, refined carbs, seed oils, garbage, you know, stuffing garbage into themselves. They're not sleeping enough. They're watching or staying in front of screens way too late or waking up way too early. They don't, they don't have a healthy approach to exploring their mental state and their emotions. They, you know, I I feel like the the bulk of people are probably not in a good, they're not, they don't have a, a good baseline. 
And so when shit goes sideways, they're already operating at less than full capacity. And so it's much more traumatic. But I think if you stack the deck in your favor, you identify the areas in which you can preemptively optimize. You know, I'm going to make sure I get more sleep. I'm going to make sure I drink more water. I'm going to improve my diet. I'm going to improve my activity level. I'm going to make sure I don't sit as much. I'm going to make sure that I have downtime. Those are, those are the things you can do to stack the deck in your favor so that when shit goes sideways, you're operating from a much higher level than you otherwise would. So while you're taking a hit, though, you know, your, your decreased state from stress and anxiety is probably still many steps ahead from the average person's base state. That makes a lot of sense. It almost seems like you're playing defense. Like you're, you're saying, I'm going to live, exactly. with, I'm going to come up with a set of healthy habits, uh, or just really just a life, a healthy lifestyle in terms of food, activity, exercise, sleep, mindfulness, and things like that. So that if, and when I'm, I'm, I'm hit with a stressful or anxiety inducing event in life, I'm prepared physically and mentally to best, uh, cope with that. Yep. That that's sort of what I'm getting. Yeah, I don't need I don't need addictive patterns or drugs or you know to to kind of cope with stress and anxiety. Like I have I have healthy things in place to help with that. Doesn't mean there's in a place you know for some some drugs at least. I think I think psychedelics could be leveraged to help get yourself into a better base state. But really, like it's cliche and you hear it, but your your diet, your exercise, and your sleep are the three things you should probably be tackling first. However, caveat is it's very difficult to work on optimizing those things when you're already in a bad state. So like right now, in the midst of all of this shit going on, if you haven't done those things in advance, you're at a disadvantage and it's probably going to be harder to start making those shifts. But there's a lot of there's a lot of tactics I think you can use to work out from a, a negative state as well. Yeah, I like that. And I, I do want to talk a little bit later about some specific things that I've found that that have really helped me when I feel stressed. Um, because a lot of what you said is stuff that really resonates with me. So I'll I'll throw in some more stuff in a in a in a in a bit that that has helped me. Um I I wanted to sort of talk about some things that have made me feel stress or anxiety over the years because sure. I, I wonder if anybody can relate to, to these sorts of things. Um, on a previous episode, I, I talked about, uh, an instance where I, I broke down and sort of, sort of slid down against the wall and, and, and sort of melted down in, in front of my, uh, she's my wife now at the time she was my girlfriend and she said, what's wrong. And I, I had been keeping from her that my business was not doing well. This is probably, you know, seven or eight years ago. And, um, and I had a lot of tough decisions to make, and and the next day I had to fire a bunch of people in my company in order to, uh, in order for the business to survive. Um, so I won't recount that story in all its detail, but essentially it, I, I felt lots and lots and lots of stress, and it was it was money related, but it was also due to big decisions that I knew I had to make, and I had to be strong enough to make those decisions. Um, as a matter of fact, firing an employee, I, I've had to do it probably a dozen or two dozen times over the course of the last 10 years. And I think I'm lucky in that regard. That probably is less than many entrepreneurs have to do it. But, um, well, I don't know, actually that's, uh, <laughs> I really don't know if that's more or less or, or about average, but what I can say is that that is the number one thing that gives me the most stress and anxiety as an entrepreneur is when I have to do that. Um, 
I think it probably helps as an entrepreneur to have to have less empathy <laughs> because <laughs> then you don't care so much about doing it, but I have too much empathy and I, I, it hurts. It pains me to feel their pain. And what I used to do is, is actually uh, drink the night before, you know, not, not like get piss ass drunk, but I like my whiskey. And then the morning of when I would, and I, all, all of these occurred over phone calls because all of throughout my career, my, all my businesses have been fully remote. So everybody worked from home around the world. So it would be phone calls and I would take shots before my phone calls where I had to talk with people just to calm my own nerves. Um, I can say that that works as a short term, uh, anxiety suppressant. However, it is not a good long-term solution. So, uh, don't, don't think of it as a long-term thing. So that that particular situation that you're describing is a, an adversity to conflict, right? So a lot of people, uh, yeah. when, mm-hmm. it, when it's time when it's time for some form of conflict, get big adrenaline rush, shaky, and if you if you don't have a lot of experience with that, it can be very debilitating. One thing I recommend, you know, I feel like more people should probably try martial arts of some sort. Because then you get very comfortable over and over with conflict, like physical conflict, adrenaline pumping, you know, having to override your default fight or flight response and like face it. Because the more you get exposed to that, the less like it doesn't make this, it doesn't make those symptoms go away, but you know how to deal with it and push through. But yeah, like it all, I mean, it, it feels shitty. It's conflict. Like people, most people, unless you're a sociopath, you don't like conflict. Yeah, that's that's a really good piece of advice. I haven't tried doing martial arts, but it it makes a lot of sense. But there there is a weird let me know what you think about this, Sam, because I mentioned how maybe it's it's easier to be less empathetic if you're going to be a business owner, but there is enormous value also to being empathetic and to having emotional intelligence as a business owner. And so, is there a balance there, you think? Or 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 is there an advantage to being more or less empathetic or even almost psychopathic in a sense where you know you don't really give a fuck about what somebody else thinks, you know, you're you're just driven to do what's best for you and your business or the other end of that of that spectrum would be it's way too hard to fire somebody and you can never fire somebody even when you know you should because you just can't bear to do it. Yeah, I mean obviously you need to strike you need to strike a balance. Empathy. So this is this is one of the maybe the failings of the English language is that we we have a lot of words that apply to they have multiple meanings. And I I think empathy is often conflated with sympathy and maybe misunderstood. So empathy, sure, it could mean like knowing what somebody else is feeling it and and allowing those feelings and how they're going to feel to affect your feelings, I feel like that's closer to sympathy than empathy. But you can also just have pure cognitive empathy, right? You you understand people and you know what the situation is going to make somebody feel, but you don't let that affect your feelings because something needs to be done. You know, there's a bit of distance there. So I think as a business owner, you need to have a little bit of the latter. You need to be able to say, look, like first and foremost there's the business. The the business exists for a reason. There's many people who depend on it and it's better to, I hate to use the analogy, it's better to like cut out a cancer and keep it from negatively affecting the whole organism than it is to let the entire organism suffer because you can't do what needs to be done. So I like the maxim, you know, hire slow, fire fast. Take your time to make sure you're hiring people who seem like they're going to be a really good fit 
But as soon as it show, it turns out like that they're not, you know, you sure like try and coach people and help them to improve if you can. But if they show that they aren't going to be a good fit, get them out as fast as you can and find somebody else. It's just not good for your company as a whole and the other people you employ to keep somebody like that around. And it may be uncomfortable, but it's necessary. So I think you need to maybe thicken your skin a little in that regard as a business owner. Yeah, agreed. Find that find that balance, and it can be hard to do, especially as a new entrepreneur. But um, it it will serve you well. I was going to say you can also do it humanely. You can say, "Hey, look, I realize this is perhaps unexpected for you. You can, if you can afford to do it, provide a severance. Try and help them find their next gig. If you know somewhere where they would probably be a better fit, make an introduction. Like try and connect them. Like help them on to their next thing. Don't just toss them out and be like, "All right, good luck, man. Piss off." That's, that's shitty. You don't have to be a shitty person, but you can make it clear. Like, look, like I, I like you. Unfortunately, you're not a good fit for this, for this role. I need somebody with a different skill set or a different temperament and that's okay. You know, nobody can be perfect at everything. I'm going to help you land on your feet and find your next thing. If you know anybody who you think would be a better fit for this role, let me know, but you know, try and try and make it an amicable parting. Uh, Yeah, I completely agree. I just wanted to fire off a couple other things that that have given me stress or anxiety throughout the years because maybe maybe uh, some of our listeners can relate and then just go into some of the things that I've found that have really worked for me. So industry adversity has been one of the things that has sort of repeatedly come up over the last nine years while I was running my agency that gave me a lot of, of stress and anxiety. Working in the SEO industry, the Penguin algorithm of 2012 was huge. It caused me to completely have to pivot my business and I lost most of my clients because of it. And so you know, various sort of external types of adversity can affect you as an entrepreneur and they can come completely out of the blue. I remember waking up that morning and just seeing the news on search engine land that there was this new algorithm and that people were in the forums complaining about their rankings dropping. And then I checked my clients' rankings and boom, like a lot of people had just tanked along with many, many other people in the industry. It was a huge upheaval event. So industry adversity can be a big one. Deadlines, client work, unreasonable clients can cause anxiety and stress calls or meetings. I, I, whenever I had calls working at the agency, I was always sort of felt this high anxiety until I got the call over with. Interesting. Yeah. Even, even though I'd, I had no, I didn't really have any fear of doing the call or anything. I just didn't like having my schedule blocked out or feeling like I was unfree or unflexible to do something I needed to do until that call was over. Yeah. That's I'm the same. I'm the same way. I don't feel mm-hmm. any discomfort on calls. I'm perfectly happy talking to other people. I'm comfortable yeah. in, you know, in any room or on any phone. I just don't like having to schedule shit like that. And I feel like it's such a, uh, such an annoying way of communicating. You can't always be precise. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. I wrote an article. You should Google this called emails only, please. And it's, I like remember pen- this. Yeah. 10 reasons phone calls are suck or are a waste of time, something like that. But just Google email only emails only, please Jason Demers. And you'll find my article. Wasn't it inspired by Dharmesh Shah of HubSpot's uh, sorry, no calls. Yeah. Yeah, It it was inspired by that. And I I sort of wanted to do my own, my own riff on that. Um, But I feel, yeah, it's a good article (laughs) and it sort of puts my thoughts about phone calls into perspective. So it, I wanted to touch on some things that I've found that have really worked for me over the years to reduce stress or anxiety, or if I'm feeling depressed to help me feel better. 
the number one thing for me is talking about my problems, my issues, my stressors with either a spouse or a spouse. I should say, I, I only have one spouse and have ever had one spouse. So talking, sure? <laughs> so talking with Brit, you know, Brit is my wife has always really helps me. She puts things into perspective for me and Sam, I have to give you a shout out or whatever. Maybe this is a shout in because you know you're in on this show because years ago you acted sort of as a friend mentor for me when I was first starting Audience Bloom and I was going through some trials and tribulations and we had many a dinner that you and I went out to and just sat yeah, and chatted did. and we would just sort of talk about problems and issues and how to solve them and that's kind of where our friendship began was in getting close through those those sorts of inspirational motivational cathartic chats that we had Those so are, like that's that's always been my most favorite thing like with with you with a handful of other my other of my entrepreneurial friends like i, I like that i like being the sounding board and helping to think through stuff so my pleasure yeah so props to you for that 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 was very helpful i think it really helps to identify your stressors and sometimes i've found you can't actually do that until you start talking with somebody about what's stressing you out because oftentimes you won't even really know you'll know that you're stressed and you're and you're feeling anxiety but sometimes you don't ex- actually know why i've found this and i've found that when i start talking with somebody about it they help me figure out what i'm feeling and why there's a reason that therapy is is so effective <laughs> i mean and this is the goes back to that whole know know thyself right? Mm-hmm. The maximum of know thyself. And most people don't. Like Most people feel emotions, but they don't ever poke and prod at those to understand the underlying root. So, you know, some your significant other will be like, you seem like you're in a bad mood. And you're like, no, I'm not. But yeah, you, you definitely seem you are. Well, I, maybe, I don't know. You know, like, have you, have you had that conversation? I've had that conversation with Ash a few times. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> had that conversation. You? Yeah. That, that happens from time to time. Yeah. We can, we can read each other for yeah. sure. Yep. And, and and yeah, it's just like the more the more comfortable you get at poking at your own emotions, the easier it will be to do that without even needing to talk to somebody else. One way that I found is really effective for that is not so much journaling, but writing to yourself, a friend, older version of you, younger version of you, like using using paper to put down like here's what's up. And here, and then like take the other side and be like, well, here's how I'd tackle it and kind of have a Socratic dialogue with yourself in your mind over whatever's going on and kind of poke and prod. And yeah, I find that useful. That's a good suggestion. And there is a, there is a psychological reason to why talking with somebody helps. And when you do so, your brain releases oxytocin. Um, and, and other brain chemicals that actually help you to feel closer and better and more comfortable. So there is a, chemical reason why it helps as well. Makes sense. I wanted to touch on just a few tactics. If you're feeling stressed uh, or if you're feeling anxiety or depressed, here's what you can do right now to just feel better right now. Take some deep breaths. I know everybody has always told that to you since you were a little kid, but it actually works. Just stop, take five deep breaths and you will actually instantly feel better. You can try meditating. There's lots of apps for this. Just go to, go to the app store, type in meditation app. You'll find something. It, it does work. Sam, you mentioned exercise, getting out and walking. I do this too every single day. I find that like if you're if I'm feeling off, the b- single best thing I can do, other than maybe like chug a glass of water, is just get up and go for a walk. Like I always feel better after a walk. Always. Same. 
I, yeah. And I, I prioritize that every day. I also walk three to five miles around my neighborhood with my dog and I get out in the sun and I feel the sun on me and it, I feel better physically and mentally. So I can definitely vouch for that. Sam, you, you mentioned journaling. This is not something I've done, but I've, I've talked to a lot of people who say that that has really helped them. Yeah, it used to be, I, fi- I used to find it more helpful to journal. Now I mostly just have discussions in my mind. Although I still like, I carry around a little notebook and I'll jot down thoughts. I don't really think of it as journaling per se. I guess there's a lot of different, a lot of different approaches to journaling, but there's something about, there's something about using writing as a medium of thought refinement that is very, very effective. Yeah. And then the last one that I wanted to touch on was creating art. This can be a great way. And this can be playing, this can include playing an instrument, painting, drawing, really whatever art means for you, it can be phenomenally helpful. So I play guitar, Sam, I know you, you, uh, you play guitar as well. Do you, have you ever played guitar to help yourself de-stress or feel less anxiety? No, I mean, I, I played three or four different instruments poorly, but I haven't really found playing music to help me relax. I do, for me, it's like video games or I'll read a book or watch a movie or something. But mostly, I mean, mostly it's the physical activity that I find most beneficial. Those other things I do more as part of just my downtime routine. You know, I, I need to unplug my brain from higher thought for a while. So I'll go play a game or watch a movie or read a book and just, kind of take a break, take a break from reality. Yeah. I, I can also vouch for playing video games, watching movies. It, it always really helps me when I just need to unplug. Um, but yeah, for me playing guitar actually helps me to de-stress. I always feel better physically and mentally after that. So maybe that works for some people. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my wife's an author, so she mm-hmm. like Ash uses writing as a way to, if she's, if she's grumpy and she sits down and writes for a bit, she'll feel better after. So I, I totally see that creating some form, yeah. some form of creative expression makes you feel better. Yeah. So that, that, that that's kind of what I, what I wanted to touch on in terms of things you can do if you're feeling stressed or anxiety ang- anxious right now, you know, things that can help. Did you have anything else you wanted to touch on Sam? Well, I, I wrote a blog post a few years ago called how to be happy in 15 clear steps, which sounds pretty clickbaity, but it's actually a, a lot of really, really good advice. I'll link to it in the show notes and we've covered, we've covered some of that stuff here, but I would say, I would say that's key. Just like know yourself, know your, your pain points, your triggers, the things that work for you. And if you don't know what does and doesn't work for you, like do some experimentation, see what see what makes you feel better, see what makes you feel b- worse, but just as an absolute bare minimum baseline. If you're feeling shitty, drink some water, try and eat a little bit better, go to bed a little earlier, go for a walk. Those, those four men, like your, your hydration, your diet, your exercise and your sleep, super, super important. And it'll help with future problems as well as whatever you're facing currently. I think, I think we need to do a whole episode on, on happiness. Honestly, we should. Okay. It's a good one. Sounds good. Well, cool. I, uh, I think that covers it then. Nothing else comes to mind. You have a note here about falling asleep. And that's that I think is is worth tackling. If you're, right. you know, people people suffer from a, a wide variety of types of insomnia, right? And it's not like you can never sleep, but falling falling asleep can be hard, especially if there's a lot on your mind. And I have this too. I think just having a good nighttime routine, no screens for an hour or so before you go to bed, maybe use blue blocking glasses or something like that. Trying to go to bed at a consistent time, if you can, trying to wake up naturally, not with an alarm clock, 
sleeping at, you know, a nice cool temperature can help. But if you're really, really struggling to fall asleep, do you use this trick, the fighter pilot thing? Yes. So I, I actually right. use this. Um, have you, have you tried this? I have tried it. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me, but maybe okay. it's because I'm, I have such a, a fixed sleep routine that I don't typically have that problem. Okay. So this, this trick is called progressive muscle relaxation. And I use this, uh, probably three or four nights a week, especially if I'm, if my head's spinning with thoughts and I can't get to sleep. I read that 96% of us fighter pilots are trained to use this technique and or sorry that, that they are all trained to use this technique. And for 96% of them, they find this effective to fall asleep within two minutes. That's uh, insane. even, yeah, even in combat zones. So here's what it is. You start by laying down in bed, just lay on your back and focus mentally on the very tip of your toes first. So like a, you focus on your toes and focus all of your mental energy on just simply relaxing every single muscle in your toes. It, it can take you a minute to do that. Uh, maybe it only takes you five seconds. Once you've done it, move up to your, the, the middle of your feet and do the same thing. And then to your heels and then to your ankles and then to your lower leg then your knees, your upper leg, and so on, up your body until you have progressively relaxed every muscle group, starting from your toes all the way up through your arms, hands, uh, your fingertips, and then finally up through your neck, face, forehead, and your and the top of your head. And what I find is that by progressively relaxing every muscle, you're doing two things. Not only are you obviously relaxing your muscles, which helps you fall asleep, but you are focusing your mental energy inward on mindfulness. And that helps you get your get out of your head in terms of the thoughts that are causing you to have difficulty falling asleep. And that's the same, I mean, that's the yeah. same core principle as meditation, which is yeah. not latching on to anything, just kind of letting stuff come and go. Yeah. And so it really works. I always feel more relaxed and I find that often before I even end the, before I even get to the top of my head, I fall asleep. So cool. try it. If you're having trouble falling asleep, use progressive muscle relaxation. Well, there you go. Yep. So these are, our, these are, our, you know, thoughts for what they're worth on entrepreneurship and stress, anxiety, depression, things that can trigger it, ways that you can deal with it. If this is helpful, let us know. If you ever want to talk about it, feel free to reach out. And you know, as always, if you're if you're loving the show, let people know. Yeah, uh, you can rate us, review us. That really helps us out. Uh, we really appreciate that. Shoot us an email at theentrepreneurcast at gmail .com or hit us up on Twitter if you have anything to say or any feedback. And we'll 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 look forward to hearing from you. And we'll see you next time.